Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Doing good. There's our first recording of the new year. Indeed. So late. Now it says here, <laughs> and I'm looking at your resume, uh-huh. that you've been my wife for 63 years. Is that correct? No, that is not correct. Please <sighs> put your that? glasses on. Nine. <laughs> it says nine. Sorry. Nine. Six, but if you add six and three together. You get nine. Now, it also says special skills. Uh, you are the mom to both of my kids. Indeed. Okay, yes, yeah. I am. You know, with those qualifications, I decided to hire you uh, as another host on this podcast. Perfect. Yeah. I accept. My salary is all your salary. Because oh. Because when we get married, everything is. We're you married? Have this, <laughs> it's mine. What? I'm well. I'm willing to split it with you, but when we get married, everything's 100 percent yours. That's how it works. Oh my lord! Oh, we should have done a prenup. <laughs> I had no idea. Everything that's yours is now mine. Everything? Yeah, including my debt. <laughs> gotcha. I'll let you use it though. You can have all of my comic book toys. <laughs> what any of those? Well, too bad. You take the good, you take the bad. That's marriage. Then you in throw sickness away and in health, the bad toys. In money and in collectibles, <laughs> you said it in your vows. I don't remember saying You that. said it. You said it, and I'll take all your garbage. Okay, so. We're talking about job interviews. We That's are. why I brought up uh, resumes. <laughs> Indeed. Are you going to do that all episode? Talk? Be weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I'm very excited. I got a lot of pent-up uh, Schmanner's energy. You sure do. Uh, but I'm very excited because sometimes we will have a topic where I'm like, I don't know. And then we'll have a topic like job interviews where I'm like, okay. You've got this. I've done a lot of these. You I both, surely have. Uh, I've been interviewed and I've been the interviewer. Indeed. Quite a bit. So I've got maybe even something to contribute to this episode, which is very exciting. We'll see. Now, how long have they been doing job interviews? <laughs> actually, actually, not that long. <gasps> So the idea of a job interview is fairly recent because once humans advanced beyond the kind of like hunter-gatherer stage, right, Mm -hmm. and started assigning people professions in their like villages and and groups and things, um, it was normal for jobs simply to be passed on from generation to generation. Yeah, and I guess then you had apprenticeships, right? Well, that's that was the next step. So okay. first of all, if your dad was a blacksmith, you were a blacksmith. Right. right? That's why if you have dad... a lot of last names that are just like Smith mm-hmm. or Baker or right. whatever because it was just the family profession. Exactly. Like uh, like my name is Travis Podcaster. No, no. No, we changed it at we Ellis ch- Island. Oh, okay. I see. Um, but the idea of an apprenticeship happened yes. when there was no heir. Right. So um, say there was illness or death or you just didn't produce an heir in your family unit, then you had to find someone to pass your trade skill down to. Right. So that your village was now not baker less. Right. Okay. Um, And that practice, uh, the apprenticeship practice, dates back to um, the Babylonian Code of Hammurabi. Which oh, that is. dude. He did the eye for an eye thing, right? Wasn't that Hammurabi? I think so. I don't know. Uh, we're talking like 1792 to 1750 BCE. Oh, okay. Okay. But this was more a form of indentured servitude. Sure. 
uh, because you really only paid this person in knowledge and room and board. And exposure, of course. <laughs> I suppose. But uh, that went on for a while because they were still doing apprenticeships in like time. colonial America and stuff. Yes. I've read Johnny Tremaine. <clears throat> uh, for example... You mentioned colonial America because Ben Franklin actually worked as an apprentice in his older brother's printing shop for a very long time. Yes. Right? Um, But the Industrial Revolution is what we have to thank for the job interview. Changed a lot of stuff, that industrial. uh, Also, hoop skirts I was just learning about. Sprung steel. Yeah. Hoop skirts. Mm -hmm. Industrial Revolution. How that to thank? It's, I was well, listening I to mean, a Dakota Ring episode about butts. Oh, okay. Yeah, butts and bustles. Uh, actually, the hoop skirt is great because it ridded people of having to wear so many layers and layers of petticoats. Yeah, and it allowed for that fashion to uh, reach not just uh, the incredibly rich, because it was way cheaper to own the one hoop skirt than mm-hmm. ha- own all those petticoats and dre- have someone dress you and all that stuff. Anyway, so, um, and, oh, okay. That's where that's where like apprenticeships really fell out of favor. But the job interview practice wasn't wasn't really there yet because what would happen? Can I guess why it was needed? It's not there yet because when the factories opened up, you kind of just showed up, and they needed warm bodies to pull levers and do things. Right? Right. Not a lot of these cog in the human machine. Exactly. Not a lot of these things were skilled and. Pretty much, if you showed up and you were able-bodied, you would just get picked on the day, right? There yeah. wasn't a lot of, like, job security yeah. even. Um, that way, it was a way to keep you down. Because if they were like, and I'm going to pay you this little bit, and you were like, well, that's not enough. You're like, okay, well, I'll just take any of them. Get yep. out of here. Yep. And then job interviews emerged in the 1920s. I'm going to guess because when you're hiring, like, management positions, you want – People who like are uh, know about like numbers and math and reading and writing and stuff like that. Sure, um, but also a lot of these like industrialists also just hired people that they know and their family. But anyway, in the twenties, Thomas Edison invented the job interview. Get out! I know, right? Totally. I wonder if that's one he accidentally invented or stole from somebody else. He accidentally invented. No, actually. Sorry. He stole a lot of <laughs> ideas from people yes. that were working for him. Not stole, but he was like, you all work for me. Come up with ideas. Then they would come up with ideas. And he was like, another Addison great. Well, so what happened was, finally in the 20s, there were enough college-educated individuals entering the workforce that employers realized they could be a little bit more selective, uh-huh. right? You, did, you didn't just need warm bodies. You needed people You needed who, warm bodies and warm minds. Warm minds. Who could, cold hearts. <laughs> who would advance your industry, right? Right. And so, according to the story, Thomas Edison was getting hundreds of applicants whenever he was seeking help with, like, the science stuff. Yeah, he help was me doing. make light bulbs. Super cool science stuff. I'm trying to call ghosts. And so, you know, the people that he would pick, he, you know, didn't have any kind of metric, right? He would pick them and then was dissatisfied with their ingenuity or whatever it was. Right? Or their ingenuity, which I learned about from Three Ninjas Kickback. <clears throat> I'm waiting to contribute things know, that we haven't I gotten to my so part yet. So close, so close. Okay. I promise. So, in order to weed out who he deemed worthy and not, he invented a test. This test was 
bananas, okay? B-A-N-A-N-A-S. 146 questions. Whoa. And only some of them were related to the position at hand. Wow. This test was so bananas that these ridiculous questions were leaked to the media. Okay, here are some of the ones that he asked people. Okay. Who invented logarithms? Joseph Logarithm. What is artificial silk made from? Artificial worms. (laughs) What part of the world does it never rain? Ah, the desert. Rhode Island is the smallest state, but what's the next smallest and the next? Vermont and New Hampshire. What state has the largest copper mine? West Virginia. What is Coke? It's a drug that you snore up your nose. <laughs> I don't think that any of those questions were answered correctly. I you. feel confident about one of them, but I'm not going to say which. <laughs> um, and so out of the 718 applicants that took the test, only 57 achieved a passing score of 70%, and only 32 scored Edison's desired result of 90 or higher. So I guess then a passing result is 90 or higher. You can't say a passing result is 70, but it's not good enough to get hired. I mean, that's a C grade. Yeah, but so is a C, but you don't get the job. Sounds like a failure to me. Okay. Um, And so one of these unsuccessful applicants, again, was so annoyed, I said, that he leaked it to the New York Times. And that Um, was Henry Ford. No, his name was Charles Hansen. Of the Hansen brothers? No. 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 But they called it a silly examination. Uh, The Tom Edison test is a tomfoolery test. Oh, snap. Sick burn. Got him. Got him. Um, so one of the things that people started doing was taking these tests to fi- figure out if they would actually do it. Um, among those who failed the test, Albert Einstein uh-huh. failed the test, and also Tom Edison's youngest son, who had graduated from MIT. Well, seem, maybe he wasn't that smart. I don't know. I aced it. The question <laughs> she gave me. No, you did not ace I it. I don't remember my answers for him, but now I'm feeling <laughs> as time goes by. More and more confident. So these questions were ridiculous, right? But the idea of testing future employees caught on, right? Because Edison was revered as like a titan of industry and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, if it's good enough for him, right? Um, And so people started making their own tests for potential candidates. And so Thomas Edison invented the job interview. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Uh, today, there's basically two types of job interviews. There's unstructured, which is kind of like a, let's have a conversation. And then, uh, like, for example, if you've ever, like, interviewed at, like, a coffee shop or whatever. And yes, I have. The manager just, like, comes out of the, from behind the, the counter. The beaded curtain. Yeah, go and, on. And says that, <laughs> let's have a, a chat. Let me ask you this. Do you consider auditions a job interview. Yes, I do. Yes, good. That was the correct answer. Yes. And then there's structured interviews, which, of course, are a little more rigid. So um, they're usually identical in appearance. You, I, When I think of a structured job interview, I think of, like, several candidates in, like, a waiting room. Uh-huh. And you go in one at a time in front of the interview person who has a set list of questions. I have done right? this as well. When I worked at Best Buy, uh, I was a supervisor of a department, and I did lots of interviewing. It's... Not fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The structured dinner. I've, I've also interviewed unstructured, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love just having that's a chat. That's what you like. Because, okay, 
this can I do my big reveal here? Please do, please okay. do. Okay, so here's what I've learned. When I was a senior in college, I took a class called Preparations for Professional Work. They changed the name of the class like every semester trying to come up with a better one because it's not a good name. <laughs> but basically it was like, hey, someday you're hoping to be like a professional actor mm-hmm. outside of college. Here's how the real world works for that. Yeah. So it was about like taxes and mm-hmm. like paying for moving trucks mm-hmm. and when to other stuff like that. So we had a special guest come in a lot, actual professionals working in the industry. And one of those guests was a casting director. And he talked about like, at the end of the day, he was like, listen, um, a large percentage of the people who audition will do a good job. He's right. But he was like, really? A lot of what it comes down to is, do we want to hang out with you at the party? Right? Because his point was like, so much of it is like, do I want to work? Like, okay, they're going to do a great job in front of the camera or on stage, right? But that's such a small percentage of the actual work. So much of it is just like, all together backstage, getting ready for the thing, doing the thing, rehearsals, all that stuff. Right, yes. Is that going to be terrible? Now, clearly, as we can tell from stories that come out of Hollywood, that's not 100% the case (laughs) all the time. But I do think that that is true of most job interviews that I've ever been on or conducted, which is that feeling of, okay, this person is qualified or, you know, whatever. So we can probably teach them how to do it And also they seem nice and fun. Right. Because, I mean, you are going to have like big projects. You're going to have small tasks, but you're going to have to be around this person in like if we're talking like a general kind of office or even like um, if it's uh, a retail job, you're going to. You want people to want to be around this person mm-hmm. because if they don't want to be around this person, not only what does the rest of everyone else in the office suffer, but also they probably are not going to buy the thing from them that you're selling. Yeah. And listen, that's not like I said, 100 percent. There are plenty. I guarantee that there are positions that are like highly specialized jobs, right? Where if you come in and you're like super qualified at like coding. Right. And I come in and I'm like, I kind of know coding, but aren't I a fun guy? <laughs> no. I know which one they're going to hire. Yeah. I, I think that qualified uh, is the is the lowest bar. And if you don't meet that one, probably not going to get the job. <laughs> no matter how funny you are. I'm sorry. I've gotten a lot of jobs I was not qualified I, for. I know. I'm very charming. You surely are. I'm so charming, in fact, that we should take a break. So I can uh, just use some of that charm on you and share a word from another Max Fun show. J. Keith, do you know what I love more than the trivia, comedy, and celebrity guests on our podcast? Go fact yourself. No, what, Helen? Sharing all of those things with an actual audience. Yes, well, lucky for you, Go Fact Yourself is back to being a live audience show. Woohoo! Yeah, we've got a free recording coming up on January 15th in Los Angeles and February 11th in Pasadena. And if you can't make it there, all of our recordings will still be available as a podcast. Twice a month, every month on MaximumFun.org. Yeah, no excuses. So if you're not listening, you can go fact yourself. Hey there, it's Annabelle Gerwich. And I'm Lara House. We host Tiny Victories, the 15-minute podcast that's about the little things. Getting into the tiny victory frame of mind is about recognizing minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. 
Isn't it a wonderful day when the first password you try actually works? When it's freezing cold outside and toasty as all get out in my shower, my tiny victory is that I turn off the water and get on with my day. We can't change this big dumb world, but we can celebrate the tiny wins. So join us on Maximum Fun or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's Let's get get tiny. Okay, I just have a few more questions for you. Uh, what do you think you'll be paying me to be your husband? What's uh, my salary look like? Everything that you make. I get to keep it? No, I get oh, to keep man. it. Oh, <laughs> man. I get to keep it. Okay, so let's go over some general etiquette. I mean, and I please feel free to extemporaneize. Extem- extemporaneize. Extem- to talk speak about it. extemporaneously. <laughs> Um, If you are the interviewer, there are several things that as a human, you should do for other humans. Uh, You should be courteous because your responsibility is to give your interviewee a good experience. So you should be on time. Yeah. The idea of making the interviewee wait to see how willing they are don't to, play mind game. Don't yeah. do any mind game. Here's the thing, right? To speak on this. Okay, please do. The interview process is nerve-wracking, especially when it's for, you know, money that you need to live and perhaps support a family. So already they're coming in in a high-stress kind of mode, right? And so anything anyone tells you about, like, testing them, like I guess Edison would say— you're going to get the worst performance out of them. But exactly. if you are a good boss, a good manager, a good super, whatever, right, it is your job to bring out the best in your employee and therefore the best in the interviewee so that you can see what they're like at their best, right? Because that is what you're going to be pulling from them. So trying to make them nervous or trying to make them sweat or whatever they tell you to do, don't do that, right? You want to put them at ease, So that that way they're showing you their best and not their worst. Right. So be on time and things come up. Totally get that. Uh, Make sure that if you're late for reasons outside of your control that you let them know and apologize Mm -hmm. and reset things up. Okay. Because here's the next one. Transparency is incredibly important. So if you are conducting several rounds of interviews, if it's going to be a while before you choose a candidate, how long the interview process is, maybe it's, you know, maybe there's a a preliminary and then there's a final in front of several more uh, bosses at the company or something like that. Um, If you need them to bring anything, like examples of their work, even just like stating clearly a copy of your resume or two copies or whatever, right, so that they know exactly what to bring. And you should always have all of the information about the position you're filling, right? So what an employee could expect to make, what their work hours would be, what a typical day might look like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Anything that you have to make sure that the candidate has, you know, isn't going to waste your time or their time, yeah. right? Because if it's not the sort of thing that they are interested in interviewing for and you spend a half an hour trying to figure that out from each other, what's the point? Right? Also, never take for granted along those lines, never take it for granted that it's 100% you interviewing them. Right. There are plenty of scenarios where the person is so qualified, so good for the job. Right. 
that they might be interviewing at multiple places. Exactly. And so the idea of like, well, I tested them and I made it hard for them and I put them, you know, through the ringer and they're perfect. It's like, okay, well, now maybe they don't want to work for you because you didn't set them up for success. Right. Um, and another way that you can do that is be welcoming and smile and ask about their day. Um, you know, they're probably nervous, like you said. So maybe a little bit of chit chat would help them. Um, and anybody also, who's listening who's like, but I'm the interviewee and I get nervous. We'll get to that. Yes. Um, also learn their name. That's yep. a that's a generally kind thing to do. Learn the name of the people who are you are interviewing, um, and make sure to thank them for their time. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying like give them false hope or anything, right? What I'm saying is they did take time out of their day to get to you to um, prepare for the interview, things like that. So it's just nice to thank people for coming and taking the time. I think the, like, not building up their hopes thing, too, is important. You touched mm-hmm. on there. I've not been like, wow, that went super great. And as you're head, you're thinking, like, <laughs> no. Right? Saying, like, okay, well, thank you so much for coming in. Um, a pleasure talking for you. You'll be hearing from us. Certainly. And then do make sure that they hear from you. Yeah. That's another one. Good or bad. Uh, I've interviewed for a lot of jobs where it's like, I, I didn't hear from them ever. And I was like guess it's a no it's been six weeks i mean i feel like for you mentioned auditions for auditions it's pretty pretty obvious yeah to know those ones especially and i mean sometimes it is hundreds of people right maybe more going and they're not always going to get back no. to you if you didn't get it but if you can even just an email you know if you got an email thread going thank you so much for coming in don't think it's the right fit whatever you want to say um, so if you are interviewing, it always pays to be uh, a little early. I'm not saying that you have to sit and wait and make people uncomfortable. You, that's happened to you, right? Oh Somebody God, yes. came and like was an hour early yes. for the interview. Well, they, okay, they came in. I was sitting in a cubicle. They came in an hour early, didn't announce themselves in any way. And so then like 15 minutes for the interview, so I like stepped out front and I was like, whoa, oh, <laughs> how long have you been here? And they were like, uh, about 45 minutes. I was like, Okay, I was right there. Like, he just came in, sat down at the table, didn't say anything to anybody. It was not a good first impression. It was off-putting. Anyway, uh, so 10 to 15 minutes before the interview is customary. It gives you time to collect yourself, to go to the bathroom, to get a drink of water if you need it, to settle into the area. Um, And it also shows that you are punctual. Can we talk about uh, dress, manner of dress? Uh, sure. I've I've heard a general rule that when interviewing, you should dress like one step nicer than uh, what people the job wear. Now, I don't know how far up that goes because if everybody wears suits, do you wear a tux? <laughs> I don't think if so. If everybody wears a tux, do you wear a spacesuit? I don't know. I think it's general right to dress for the job you want, right? But so like I know that when we're interviewing at Best Buy, if somebody came in in a t-shirt and jeans... Right, that did not look as good as somebody who came in in a polo and khakis, which is what you wear at Best Buy. Which, if somebody came in in like a dress shirt and slacks, it's like, okay, that looks even nice, right? Right. So I do think, to a certain degree, dress in a manner that says, "I'm respectful of your time for having me here. I'm taking this seriously, right?" And not just like in a, I don't know, t-shirt and jeans. Unless you're going to work at a, like a punk rock club, t-shirt and jeans, and go for perfect. it. Go for perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so you should always know, uh, 
the person who's interviewing you know what their name and spelling, pronunciation, even their position at the company is. Yep. It will show that you have the forethought and the courtesy to think of this person as a human, mm-hmm. right? Um, so then you can also have a couple of questions for them prepared in advance, and it shows that you're interested uh, and that you've done your homework. You should obviously know what the company does, right, that you're interviewing for. Um, but, you know, you can you can bring things to take notes with. You can bring extra resumes. You can bring, um, you know, your if you have cards, you can bring business cards. Um, and Crayons all- for the kids. It's great. All of this shows that you have thought about what you're doing and where you're going. Don't be afraid to also abandon your plan. Follow the interviewer's lead, right? Um, Like you said, the unstructured interview is your favorite. Correct. Because you love to mirror what the other person is doing. Well, and it's also (laughs) like the way to establish like... Am I comfort? Is this person comfortable with me? Am I comfortable with them? Mm-hmm. Will I be able to like talk to them about uh, job performance? Will I be able to talk to them if uh, they're doing great? If something needs work, can't? How well will they take you know to instruction? How well will they take from you know criticism? Mm-hmm. How will, anything like that? And also, will I be comfortable working with this person? Will employees be comfortable working? Will customers be comfortable working with this person? There's a certain... Now, I do want to clarify, that doesn't mean, like, you need to come in and be Joe Cool and, like, you're nailing everything and it's super smooth, right? Right. Because that's not a real thing that anybody can do ever, except me. But other people, it's it's a, all a matter of, like, being yourself. Sure. Putting your best foot forward. Um, and I think that highlighting your attributes and your your transferable skills and how teachable you are, um, your enthusiasm, your willingness to learn, all of that stuff goes a long, long way, especially in those unstructured interviews. And it's highlighting your best qualities, not trying to manufacture good qualities. Like if you are not right. somebody who makes jokes on a regular basis, this is not the time to do that. But if you do have a lot of enthusiasm or interest or dedication, whatever your high points are, mm-hmm. emphasize those instead of it being like, and I'm going to be totally hilarious or chill or whatever. And it's like, don't don't start doing those now. Now's not the time to work on your type five. Like, <laughs> just be yourself and do those things. Now, there are a couple techniques. Oh, um, if you get asked a question and you do not immediately know the answer, reframe, uh, repeat the question um, as a beginning of a statement. So if someone says, you know, like, what is uh, your greatest strength? You would say, I think that my greatest strength is, and that mm-hmm. gives you a little bit of time to think about it. Or you can say, oh, that's such a good question. You know, I've never really thought about it. I would say that my greatest strength, what you don't want to do is just sit there in silence while you think about it. Right. Right. And another secret in a job interview Unless you're interviewing with Thomas Edison, there is not a right answer to most of these questions. Right. These are getting to know you questions. So you can sideways answer the question, right? If somebody says, like, what is your greatest strength? You can say, like, well, when I was working at this previous thing, as you can see in my resume, I found that I took really well to these kinds of tasks and that I always kind of performed great in this. So you're not listing a strength or trying to come up. You are pointing out times 
that you saw success in the job that you did before that relates to this. So That's great. That There's an interview technique of that, and it's called STAR. Um, so you can explain situation, explain where and when uh the thing took place, right? I was at my last job. I had just started or whatever. Uh, task, share what your role was in the example. Action, share the steps you took to address any issues. And then result, describe the outcome and what you learned. Right. And that's really way more important than having like the perfect answer to the question they just asked. Um, and, you know, I think in the past there's been a lot of um, like advice technique given of like make sure you make eye contact and stuff mm-hmm. but not everybody's good at that right? right and so just like don't start trying to make jokes for the first time in your life if you're not someone who's comfortable with eye contact and doing it don't try to force it thin right mm-hmm. because there isn't a perfect answer to that either right I'm someone who can make eye contact but when I'm thinking when I'm talking I don't really do that right sure that's me, and if they're going to you hire said me, eye contact, and I was like, yes, I know eye contact. I, I don't know, know You're how much. At me. I can't. I don't know how much I usually look at you in the booth, but you said eye contact, and now I can't stop looking I know, at and you. I, I, it makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> but don't don't be like, when well, I got to get in there and make as much eye contact as I can. That's not how it works, right? So just right. it's it's being comfortable showing the best sides of yourself instead of trying to create this perfect interviewee Mm -hmm. that's going to wow them every time. I wanted to uh, touch briefly at the very end here about maybe what some of those kind of annoying questions really are asking, right? So uh, the, the question, what is your biggest weakness, right? They're not asking you to self-deprecate or like, I love what Alex wrote in our copy. I have no weaknesses and karate chop the table. <laughs> they're not, See, I would not say looking for that. My weakness weaknesses, I like big butts. And <laughs> yeah, also right. separately, I'm incapable of lying. So, Those two things I would say are my great, also kryptonite. Those three things are my this greatest question weaknesses. is more of a test of how self-aware you are. Yeah. Right. It's not they're they're not looking for you to list off like, well, I have a hard time getting out of bed on time. Any of that kind of stuff, right? It's I'm about chronically late. I hate talking to customers. <laughs> I'm really bad at counting money. Sometimes while I'm counting money, I just accidentally put it in my pocket and walk away <laughs> with it. Is that enough? Don't do that. Don't do that. Um You can also frame that by the way of saying, well, I know that some of the things that I always try to work on is, you know, uh, whatever, right? Making sure to uh, start with the most important task right off the bat, whatever. Yeah. Of Instead of saying, I'm really bad with people, say yeah. like the things that I make sure to focus on because I know that it doesn't come as easily to me. So you can show that you recognize that there are areas that you need to work on, but you are working on them, all of that That's stuff. great. Uh, the next question would be, what didn't you enjoy about your last job? Mm. The, the boss was a real butt. I mean, the sub, the subtext of this is they're trying to see how quick you might badmouth others, right? Or, um, you know, be really quick to talk smack about somebody, right? And that is not what you want to put forth on this. I think that there's no real one way to answer, but, you know... The the way to talk about it is, you know, I had a I had an, a pretty good time working there, but I was ready to take the next step or it wasn't a great fit for uh, the personalities that I encountered or this wasn't really what I was looking for when I signed up for it or whatever it is. Right. So I mean, you don't want to bad mouth people, but you want to talk about how this wasn't 
uh, a good fit for you. And it's a, a lot like other communication, right? I statements works way better than like, they didn't appreciate me. Mm-hmm. You can say like, I, I just started to feel like my time and effort wasn't being appreciated, right? It's much different. Or saying like, I thought that the boss was a real jerk. You can say, I just didn't really like the working environment. Um, and I find that I thrive more in an environment like this and this and this, right? Sure. That way, even if you do feel the need of like, I have to explain why, you can make it about, for me personally, it was not the right fit and right. not they're terrible and no one would want to work there. Because mm-hmm. you also never know, especially if it's a similar industry, might be that your interviewer is like best friends with your old boss or whatever. It happens a lot. Um, here's another one. Um, what are your salary expectations? Gosh, I hate when they talk about that, right? Because I believe that the salary should be part of the job like listing. Mm-hmm. That's my personal opinion. Um, but what they're asking is, how well do you know this industry? Yeah. Right. Um, and the best thing to do is Google it. Just try and figure out for your area, what are these people at this level being paid? And I would say take the median and then add a little bit because, you know, living expenses or your experience, those are those definitely vary from place to place. So this is a really good opportunity to have that prepared already. And even if you don't have it prepared, I you can always just do an answer like, well, you know, as long as it's competitive for, you know, uh, comparable or whatever you want to say, competitive or comparable, whatever, to, you know, the industry here. I I think it's fine. I see this as a growth opportunity or whatever you want to say. But don't say like, I don't know, and guess a number. No, definitely don't guess a number. Um, Have a little bit of something in mind going in. Just say, here's what you say. If they ask, say, well, uh, my expectation is whatever you were going to offer plus 10%. That's my final offer. (laughs) I've written a number on this table. It just says your number plus 10%. (laughs) Maybe, 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 maybe don't do that unless you're trying to make a joke. I could pull that off. You could. I could pull that joke off. You probably could. Um, I probably have, frankly. Yeah. Here's one. Tell me about a time you faced a challenge in your workplace and how you overcame it. That's a great time to use that star thing. Exactly. Because the challenge doesn't have to be something bad. It can be like, well, we were working on this new thing or whatever. Right. But what you don't want to be like is I was working with terrible coworkers. My boss didn't know what they were doing and I had to do everything. Mm -hmm. You want it to be when they say challenge in your head here, opportunity, like there was an opportunity to do this new thing and I took it and I did it and I did a great job rather than, well, my boss didn't know what they were doing and I had to do everything around the office. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. Um, And then one more. Why should we hire you over all the other candidates? Because I'm two inches taller than them. I was out there. I saw them out there in the waiting room. I can reach higher shelves than they can. (laughs) What they're really asking is how passionate are you about this role? Um, And I think that this is a really great way to reiterate all of how how well your skills fit the position. You can talk about all the strengths that you've covered so far, how you're willing to be like a team player or like even if you have like a personal interest or passion for the work, this is the time to do that. And if they ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? You say, I see myself having your job and you have the CEO's job together. We can make this happen. And you hold your hand out and you don't take that hand back till they shake it. Even if it takes hours, you don't take that hand back till they shake it. Okay. One thing uh, that is potentially 
illegal in several states uh, is to if, steal the job. No, if they ask you, do you have a family slash are you planning on having a family? Oh, OK. Um, and what they mean is how much time do you have to devote to the role or the company? And like I said, depending upon how they ask this, that's actually illegal. There in are several places. quite a few questions, I would say, in a job interview that are illegal to ask. Uh, like, uh, do you go to church? And they want to know, are you available? Or even that, just like, will you only hire people who go to church? Or asking uh, if they have a partner, how old they are. There's lots of right. things that if someone asks you and it makes you uncomfortable because you feel like it's information that you don't need to give to get a job, be aware of that. And you can totally push that uh, by talking to, I don't know, their boss or lawyers <laughs> if you have to. <laughs> so what I'm saying is... Before you go out for job interviews, take a look and see what is actually legal for them to ask in your state. Um, And anything that isn't legal for them to ask, you don't have to answer. Mm. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Um, Let's talk about a few things. It's the new year. It's 20 Sun and Sea, Surf the Vibe. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's what the the council over at My Brother, My Brother, Me decided that this year uh, was going to be... Uh, 20 sun and sea, surf the vibe. I don't know what that has to do with you folks, but I'm happy to tell you about it. Now, uh, I want you to know uh, we've got music from Adventure Zone Ether C Volume 1. It's available on Griffin's Bandcamp. You can find it at bit.ly slash Ether C Volume 1. It's name your own price. And all sales uh, through the end of the month will be donated to Earth Justice. Uh, speaking of Adventure Zone, Adventure Zone 11th Hour, the next graphic novel in the series, comes out uh, February 21st. You can get that uh, at theadventurezonecomic.com. You can pre-order it there. Uh, we got some new merch over at the merch store, including a set of Flame Bright dice from Adventure Zone Amnesty. They're absolutely beautiful. Go check those out. Also, there's a rudeness pin from the Royale series we do over on YouTube. And 10% of all merch proceeds this month go to Races, which promotes justice by providing free and low-cost legal services to underserved immigrant children, families, and refugees. Uh, go check all of that out at McElroyMerch.com. Who else do we think? Oh, we always think our uh, editor, Rachel, without whom we could not make this show, our researcher, Alex, without whom we could not make this show, and you for listening. We can make the show without you, but why? <laughs> we also like to thank Brent, Brentel Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Uh, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Um, also, we are always taking topic suggestions and idiom uh, submissions. You can send those to our email, which is schmannerscast at gmail.com. Make sure that you say hi to Alex because she reads every one. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.